Brian Brown, who helps us out with our Utah pre- and post-game shows and does a fantastic job with Utah, with Utah Insight, um, is joining us now. And, Brian, I, I, want, I want to start with this. How, th- this class that's being signed, how many true freshman participants do you need or could you potentially have out of this year's or this early signing class or just this year's signing class in general? Well, that's a tough question because I think some of it depends on who you actually end up getting. Uh, The the most recent buzz is for a kid named Clark Phillips. He's out of California. He's a four-star cornerback, uh, highly rated, currently committed to Ohio State, and and he's the kind of player that could start as a true freshman. And so you would would offer to bring him in and and have him kind of take over that Jalen Johnson role uh, the other the other spaces that are opening up are back in the defensive backfield at safety, and you know Utah's already got two recruits uh, with signed letters in Ben Renfro and uh, Kamoi Latu. Uh, I think Latu is probably the closer one to actually being you know a, uh, uh, a first year player. Uh, he's an incredible ball hawk out of St. Louis High School in Hawaii. Um, the other one that we're kind of waiting on here right now is Nate Ritchie, who should be announcing any minute where he's going to be signing. Uh, the indications are that it'll be Utah, but if Ritchie does sign with Utah, he's another one that I could see stepping into a starting role, you know, right from the jump. I know there's a lot of positions that'll be open, and, and there's going to be a lot of competition. But, Brian, we, we know one thing for sure, and that is Utah does have depth. And a lot of these true freshmen that are coming in that have been in these strength conditioning programs. And, you know, the, the world of bringing a high schooler in is just different now. These guys are more ready and more able to play. Their, their bodies and their coaching are all up to, to snuff, and these guys are ready to come in and play. Um, just talk about Just talk about the depth of this Utah football team and maybe some areas that are in drastic need of some of this young talent. The biggest one I think is you're looking at uh, linebacker and defensive back. And, and so Utah's really targeted those areas. Uh, Graham Faluna is a, a linebacker out of Texas that signed his letter of intent and you watch his film and he is, I don't want to say dead ringer, but he's as close to Cody Barton as you can, you can get. Uh, so that's one right there. They also signed Sione Fotu, uh, local linebacker out of Bingham, who is he's a three-star guy, but he's one of those guys when you look at his offers, you go, holy cow, there's a lot of big-time schools that wanted him. And he's uh, he kind of reminds me of a bigger, faster, better version of Sunia Tessioli. And, and so those are two guys. They're waiting on a third letter right now from Jalen Ford. Another linebacker out of Texas. He's a little bit more of a Devin Lloyd type, uh, longer, a little taller. And then it's it's DB. You know, I, I mentioned Renfro and and Kamoi Latu, and obviously the hope with Nate Ritchie. Uh, the other ones that they're looking at, a Kane Savage. He uh, he reminds a lot of people of uh, oh boy, uh, why did his name just escape me? Uh, Give me a tip. Uh, yeah, <laughs> perfect timing for this. Anyways, he's a two-way guy. He played both sides of the ball in California. Um, he can go both at wide receiver and defensive back. And then Kendall Lawler is another long, uh, fast, you know, very agile corner, kind of in that uh, uh, Josh Nurse mold or some of the other guys. Brian Allen, he's about 6'3". 
And, and so that's really where they've targeted. Now what they've done depth-wise is they've just gone all in on defensive line. And they're still waiting to hear on Van Fillinger, who's from Corner Canyon. But he is exactly what you're talking about in terms of a kid who is already physically and athletically developed. He could be a plug-and-play kid. So he could get some reps conceivably at the defensive end if he chooses to sign with Utah. Uh, I'm actually heading out to Corner Canyon right now to cover that. Um, in uh, Aliki v, uh, uh, Vimahi is another guy from Hawaii, played at Kahuku, and, and he's a guy who could be on the inside. Taniela uh, Pututau, Tennessee Pututau. They're not brothers. They're just cousins. BYU's done with the Kafusis and just getting all the Pututas and letting the chips fall. But those are all defensive linemen that are coming in, and, and they're all very well-rated prospects, you know, good size potential on all those guys. I mean, they're all 6'2", 6'3". I think Aliki is 6'5". Um, he'll have some work to do to put some weight on post-mission, but they're athletes and they're agile and, and versatile. You know, there's a another kid from uh, – San Juan High School there in Orange County, Tyler Wiegis, who is 6'6", 215, but you watch his tape, and, and I retweeted you know, some clips of him that they had on the Pac-12 network, and he is so similar in how he moves and how he plays to Trevor Riley. And, and so Utah's done a really good job of, like you said, building the depth part so that when guys do leave, they're not left empty-handed. They'll have guys that they can reload into the positions. Uh, it's funny that you bring up Van Fellinger because I, I was watching some of his film this morning from Corner Canyon, and he is he's spectacular, great speed. Uh, and, and watching him in a couple different camps that he went to and watching his movement, and he's spectacular. You know, another guy, Brian, that – it really caught my eye. And what I tend to do is I, I, try, I try to go through some local products and I try to spot guys that kind of catch my attention. And one guy that really caught my attention is Xavier Carlton. It was a, there's a lot of development out of this kid out of Juan Diego. You know, uh, maybe two years ago, he's just kind of six seven, six six, six seven. His body hadn't really caught up with him. But as I'm flipping through recruits here in the state, and I come across this four star Carlton. I can't help but think he would be a fantastic fit at that defensive end position for Utah as well. What do you know about him? Oh, I mean, he is phenomenal. It's still trying to grow into his body a little bit, but like you said, his frame was just designed to play on the edge there. So so long and just athletic and can move and bend and all those kinds of things. Um, He's a Ute legacy. His father played at the U. Uh, a while back um he moved here from california played his senior year at juan diego uh really helped his development a lot um you know ron mcbride tends to spend some time out there at juan diego and that can never be a bad thing for any program um but he's a guy that again you know if he'll announce tomorrow morning at 8 a.m where he's going to sign uh, the indications are that he's going to sign with Utah. Uh, I, I'm optimistic, but you never guarantee anything in recruiting. So if the Utes can land him, I mean, it's it's they're bordering on a top 30, top 25 class at that point, and he's, you know, between he, Nate Ritchie, and Van Fillinger, all being in-state kids, those are the mm-hmm. cherries on top, and they're tremendous additions to the class. 
Man, see, Brian, that's it's it's a great point. It's something that I'm really looking at. We're going to be talking to John Wilner a little bit later, and he was talking about five of the top six recruits leaving California and all four of the top four recruits leaving Arizona, and not just leaving and staying west. I'm talking leaving and going to Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. And when I'm looking at some of these in-state top four and maybe a five-star recruit talent here in the state of Utah, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that Utah, BYU, Utah State, that they can keep them here in state. Um, How likely is that? The top ten guys in this year's recruiting class, how likely is it that they stay here in the state, Brian? It's always a fight to the finish for Utah. You're always going to have – Outside influences come in. Uh, Washington, Cal, Ohio State were all very hard after Xavier Carlton. Um, he, uh, but he's as, as things have wound down, he's kind of closed off his recruiting a little bit, which I think favors Utah um, because they've been in the game the longest with him, and that's kind of the story with a lot of these local recruits. Uh, Van Fillinger was committed to Texas. Texas had a change in their coaching position. Um, and, and so when that happened, he decided to open up his recruiting again and investigate some things, and that's paid dividends for Utah. And that's, that's really where Utah can win those recruiting battles is by staying consistent. You know, I think the whole extending Scally, and, and though we haven't had anything official in terms of head coach and waiting, that, that seems to be the prevalent thought of what's been amended. I, I think that was on purpose for a lot of reasons, and one of them is recruiting to show to in-state kids like, hey, You've been, you know, toyed around with all these outside influences. Meanwhile, we stayed the same. We genuinely care about you. And, you know, you and I both know this. This is not lift service, but those guys up at the Hill and, and really all, all three major schools across the Wasatch Front, they genuinely care about the kids. They have their best interests for the players at their hearts, and they want to make them good men and good football players first mm-hmm. and foremost. And, and that plays a role nowadays with this modern era of kids where they're kind of, I don't want to say spurning uh, the flash necessarily because like, they're still kids, but they really do gravitate towards care now. And, and the, the kind of phony car salesman pitch that some, some programs will throw out there, it just doesn't resonate with them as strongly. You know, I was thinking about this this morning. If I had five boys, I, I, I wouldn't let a single one of them leave the state of Utah. There's just there, there's just too many opportunities, whether you're looking for a JUCO opportunity and staying at Snow, you're looking for an FCS opportunity, staying at Weber State, or, you know, even going out to southern Utah, um, or, or you're looking at the FBS, the, the Division One. I... Um, I just don't think I'd let my kid leave the state because there's just too much great coaching, great mentorship, guys that care. You know, from from Demario to to Jay Hill, uh, up north to Gary Anderson, we are packed full of coaches that are fantastic developers and have huge heart and understand the needs of a family. It's so true, and and you know it's it's genuine too. It's it's not just lip service that they pay in interviews. You watch them at camps, you watch them interact with kids. You know, you we're we're lucky because we get to go see them in action at practice. You know, on occasion, I should say, not really actually watching practice, but um, and it's it's not lip service. It's it's dedication. And it's across the board, and it's it's all the schools, and it's you know I think it's a very 
powerful pitch. And, and, you know, when you're a kid, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. Um, when I was coaching in high school, one of the things that we told our kids was the grass is greenest where you water it. And, and I think for kids who decide to stay here in Utah and, and dedicate themselves to the program and, and to commit to it, it's turned out incredibly positive. You look at a kid like Nate Orchard who – you know, he's now on his, uh, I mean, fourth go-round in the NFL, but the community embraced him, and, and he developed so well. You know, Fred Warner's another one who, who chose to come here from, from California, spurned a lot of offers. You know, Kyle Van Noy, like, the list is long, and these guys are having good careers and, and, and building futures for themselves, and they'll always have a home here in Utah when they come back. That's not always the case when you go to Ohio State or Texas or USC, where every single year there's another four or five star coming in and you know that's a part of the pitch that these teams can use with these higher rated kids that you'll be a legend here for life and you can build something spectacular uh whatever school you go to you know i think you look at what byu has done with their in-state stuff and and they've gone and found kids that i think are willing to buy into that dream and can legitimately help them and and utah's doing the same it's it's but it's it, i think with the uniqueness of this state and the programs here and the type of football, it's very, very important to protect your borders. Really quick, Brian, before we let you go, where, when the dust settles, where will this recruiting class rank in the country? Uh, so if I'm going to call my shot and say that Clark Phillips does sign with Utah, that would push it to about a top 28 class, which is okay. – uh, just incredible for Utah because it's not necessarily a big class. Uh, they don't factor in transfers. So Peyton Powell and, and Jake Bentley, who are four yep. stars, don't necessarily count towards that total. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's the high end of it. I, I think to be conservative, you're looking at low 30s uh, or uh, high 30s, maybe low 40s, which if that's the case, that's right on par with where Utah's been and Honestly, if you can break the forty, the top forty, uh, that's a big deal for Utah. That means that you're going into new territory, and after two straight uh, Pac-12 championship game appearances, that's that's really critical to make that progress with recruiting too. Well, Brian, thanks. Keep up the good work, and uh, we'll catch up with you after this thing is all said and done. Okay. Sounds good, man. Love you. Take care, big fella. All right, there you go. Brian Brown does a great job for us here on 1280 The Zone.